the fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Well, hello, hello. It's so good to be here. I am so excited about our topic today. Um, we're going to be talking about gatherings and discussions, right. uh, particularly surrounding politics. Uh-oh. Are you ready for that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be. Well, yeah. And we and the cool thing is we've got a lot of folks coming to the house. You know, we're thinking, by the way, you know, when, when my wife has people to the house, man, she prepares. Well, there's been and a lot of preparation lot going of preparation. on, especially for this group, because I yeah. love having people over, as you know. Right. I I love uh, just entertaining people, cooking for them, well, fussing you set over the, them. You set the stage, too. The house is actually ready for folks. But go ahead. The yeah. house is ready, but we still have some food preparations to, to prepare and get ready. List. And I have a list. <laughs> okay. I have five places to go to after we leave here today. <laughs> but as you know, um, these friends that are coming in, I love them so very, very much. Yeah, they're and they're coming people. from California. Mm-hmm. They all live there now, as we used to. We used to. Mm-hmm. And all of them are came here as young adults um, from other countries. Right. So they, come, they came from Iran, uh, Pakistan, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they all have very unique experiences culturally and politically. Right. And right now, um, I kn- I'm pretty sure that discussions will surface, especially among you men. See, now, now, why, now why would you say <laughs> that? Because when you're out way? there having cigars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I always say that, you know, men, when we're young, we like to bounce off each other physically. That's how we kind of uh, do things. But as we get older, it's a more of a metaphysical or political discussion. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've had some, we've had some pointed discussions in the past. Yeah, uh, some very pointed. Now, when we were younger, those kinds of discussions, anytime we entered into those kinds of topics, I would get nervous because it seemed to be kind of not very uh, nice uh, in the way that that, the things were discussed. It was more like who was going to win. Well, but that's kind of part of the male psyche too, you know, but the thing is, the one thing people need to understand too about how we discuss things, a lot of times, and we still had a lot in common, you know, the friends that we have, even though they're from all these different countries, mm-hmm. there's still human things that we share and those things rooted sure. a lot of our discussions. So even right. though we might have been bouncing off each other a little bit here and there, there was always a lot of camaraderie. And underneath. I think what you just said right now is a really good point is mm-hmm. to remember the relationship, right? And also remember where we are similar. See, that's the thing. I, I, this the, Politics is one of those funny things because how you apply certain things might be different, but you might have fundamental things that you hold in common. Mm-hmm. And so you got to make sure you're starting there mm-hmm. in a lot of these things. And of course, these are our great friends. We have a lot in common. We share a lot in common. We have a common love for each other, too, on top of all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, politics is secondary to that even though sometimes politics can be very important at a particular moment in time. Right. And right now, I think there is so much going on politically. We have the presidential debates that have been that are being televised or maybe not right now with a recent uh, decision to try to uh, offer a virtual debate. But, you know, the first uh, televised debate took place between Nixon and Kennedy in 56. And then Nixon refused to to debate on television the the next time. Um, But um, 
now, you know, we kind of have a revisit of that where Biden is saying that Trump is refusing to debate him. Well, when that's not really what's going on. You know, when you, when you brought that up, too, I was just thinking, if you recall, back in those days, Nixon, they say, won when people just listened on the radio. Mm-hmm. And he lost when people Saw watched him. him on TV. Because he didn't wear makeup. And right. he appeared nervous. Right. And, yeah, he, his, he didn't present himself uh, uh, visually well. But, but as a guy, see, that's what we, we're always saying. Well, what did he say? You know, yes. what's he talking about? And so we want to know what the issue is, how they deal with the issue. You know, I guess there's a certain amount of how they framed it, how they look, how they appear. That's right. part of their. Uh, but we're we're kind of listening in for the how the argument, and you know that kind of stuff seems to be being lost in our culture today in a lot of ways. I think. Right, and there's so yeah. much right now to talk about, like with right. the Equality Act, Black Lives Matter, the riots. Yeah, and those uh, the images. Yes. I, I want to know what what what's it what do they stand for? What are they that's talking right. about? What are they actually trying to accomplish? What are their goals? Uh, not the image that's being presented is the only thing we tend to talk about. Well, speaking of goals, and you're talking about the image, like yeah. the Black Lives Matter, they're, they're presenting, uh, you know, a utopian idea, right? Right. But if you look at the way that it, uh, the philosophy behind it, the theory behind it, it's Marxist. Right. It, very much so. But if you don't buy into it, you it, they then you're not a virtuous person because well, they've tied your virtue and your your uh, your morality to supporting this movement. And it's the image again. See, that's, you know, my yes. work that I'm doing in D.C. now. Exactly. And the, one of the things I talk about is l- l- no more euphemisms. Tell me straight what you want to do. But you're going to find out that politicians never really tell you straight what they're going to do. So the Equality Act sounds good. And so who's against equality? Who's against like clean air or whatever they call these acts? But then you dig into what they're going to do. And the Equality Act is kind of, actually, this is how the Equality Act should be talked about. It's the muzzle the Christian church, the traditional Christian morality of the church. Muzzle that in our country. Well, you know, then tell me that's what you want to do. Right. You know, don't don't put this equality act and sound sound like you're going to just love everybody because that's not what you're doing in this this particular bill. Yes, it's being used more to censure right. and to punish organizations that do not comply, right? Uh, or or do not restrict themselves the way that this this act is um, imposing. I wish upon. I wish Christians understood. You know, when it comes to the political stuff that we're involved with right now, basically we're just saying, please let us be who we are. Mm-hmm. We'll love people. We will try to love people the way Christ loves us. But let us be that. Right. And these these this legislation, there's a, a Virginia Values Act in the state of Virginia that's already been passed. Mm-hmm. It's already being used to uh, attack churches and to punish churches. And you're thinking. Where are these people coming from? Why are they doing this kind of thing? So you're you're exactly right. We've got to we've got to find a way. To, if we're going to talk about these things, let's at least talk about what they are. You know, right? So going off of what you just said, then, and and knowing how this is going to impede religious liberty mm-hmm. and take away our freedoms, do you think? that it's a moral obligation as a Christian to enter into these kinds of discussions? Well, that, that's an interesting question because there's a, there's a fundamental, yeah, we've got to be ready to um, give an account to the things that we know are true. We have to speak the truth in love. Then the question is, do I have to do it to this particular person or not? You know, so mm-hmm. there's an application of that truth. Mm-hmm. And so in some relationships, I would say you probably do have a moral obligation to those that you love, to those that are part of your inner circle. You know, you should be open and honest about the things that are fundamentally true and important in your life. But again, you're, you're, the goal is not to just say, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Right. It's to say, I think these things are true uh, for us, and then try to find a way to say, and here's why I think it's 
it's really good for you too, because this is really something God has said is important to us if you're going to take that particular tack. And so, yeah, if I care about a relationship, I'd want to share those kind of things with them. And I think depending on what the role is too, I think as a parent, you know, you would want to have these kinds of discussions with your children Mm -hmm. um, because you can share your values, you can share your faith with them and how that's connected or tied in to this particular movement or not. And I think as a teacher, teaching your students how to think through things critically. It was interesting. I was watching, well, you may have seen it. uh, A teacher in Seattle um, actually lied about a a conversation he had with a a student. And it was because the student had uh, said that he actually admired uh, our president. And this particular teacher did not agree and threw the student out of the class. Yeah, I heard about that. He was, what, nine years old? Isn't it, and, and isn't education supposed to be uh, sharing ideas and here's the adult in the room acting like the child and the child acting right. like and the adult? Right, and then he lied when he got caught because he was actually taped. Yeah. And he was told he had been taped, but he I, still continued to lie. He violated the oath of an educator, I can tell you that. Right, and that's one of the things. So as a teacher, you know, you, you don't want to impose your values in, on, on your student. I mean, you can as far as the ethics of, of the code of the classroom and the school, correct? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you want to teach the child how to, your student, how to think through things critically. Right. Well, and I think that's, you know, what. so we have an obligation, yes, to share these truths, because these truths are not our truths, they're the biblical truths. We really believe that, they, that they're written in the conscience of every human being. So this is a dialogue that I think is, is underneath in, in every one of us. But the goal is, again, not just to say, this is what I think. Right. The goal is to say, here's why I think this is really important for us. And include the us that the person you're but talking also not, to. But also know a little bit about what you're talking well, that, about. And, right. and not just what we're thinking, but actually like do some research. And, you know, right? Well, obviously, yeah. You've got right. to know what you're talking about. So right. you got to do the research, make sure you understand the pros and cons, but then try to see, try to understand it from their point of view right. so that you dialogue. And the goal is not to impose your view, is to say, here's why I think this view is right for you and for me, because you're really trying to take on their uh, critiques, their thoughts, their, their um, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to deliver to them because you care about them. Right. And I think also like, invite the the kids into these discussions because I think watching what I I know watching uh, your parents and other adults dialogue um, about complex ideas Mm -hmm. shows them a a really good role model it it helps them to to be able to to have really tough discussions without fighting and without intimidation and without being afraid of it so I think you know we can learn from one another through the discussions I know that I have learned tremendous amounts from our friends from Iran who were there during the the collapse when uh, uh, the Shah was removed. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned so much about what happened uh, whenever, uh, I mean, I don't want to call them terrorists, but they came in and and pulled out the people that they believed uh, were had been labeled, okay, just like mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany, the Jews were labeled as... It's, or just like in the French Revolution. Right. Yeah, same thing. There's just, you have these these groups that come in and with group behavior yeah. unleash them. You're good, themselves. you're bad, you're out. Right, and and they throw you over the the, yeah. the stair railing, right. burn you, right. kill you, shoot you. Yeah, freedom that we have here is a blessing, isn't it? So, you know, it is frightening, and I can understand why when, um, you know, some people that, uh, like friends or people that I've talked to that I just met, that come from countries that have experienced that, when our groups are now rioting Mm -hmm. in the street and burning things and destroying, why they may 
get very frightened because they've lived that. Well, and again, people need to understand the government is a coercive body, even in a free country. And that's one reason why in America we limit the government, because we understand that it's much better to be free and to care about each other freely. Uh, And so even when we get into these discussions about what we're going to vote for, what we're not going to vote for, I always try to say, try to explain your view this way, saying, here's why I'm voting this way, because I think it'll benefit you. And you're talking to the other person. They're they're thinking, you mean you're voting your way because you think it's best for me too? Right. And a lot of people tend to just explain, well, I think it's best for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's usually not a way to dialogue. So try mm-hmm. to figure out a way to, to talk about these issues. And there's all kinds of issues. Sanctity of life. Why is the sanctity, sanctity of, life of life precious yes. even for those who disagree with us? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a... Why would anyone be against that, you well, think? Well, you, know? you know, there's all kinds of reasons for that. But when you start saying... Sanctity of life means that your life has purpose, your life has value. And even if I disagree with you, I actually think that way about you. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, I think there's a lot of people who say, you mean you actually th- you value me even though we disagree? Mm-hmm. That's what the sanctity—well, talk that way. So that's what the sanctity of life is on top of protecting babies and protecting people when they're older from, yes. you know, the utilitarian view of life. Right. But, you know, again, we don't— well, the pro-life movement has done a good job of that. They've learned how to dialogue, trying to anticipate the other person's perspective mm-hmm. in their conversation. I think that's a great way, besides what you said, which is just you better know what you're talking about. No, but you I know. mean, but honestly, because then you just come in with opinions. Right. And we could opinion all day long. Which means we're going to get into a little bit of a scuffle <laughs> out opinion there. opinion matters more. And I, mean. and I hope the cigar is good. <laughs> 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 yeah, or, exactly. <laughs> or you have to come on and say enough of that, boys. <laughs> but I want to come back really to the Equality Act. Okay. Um, and, right. and, and because, you know, that sounds so lovely, doesn't it? Equality. Who wouldn't want that? Right. But when it, what it really comes down to, and if, if people would dig deep and see, is it really comes into extreme censorship. Well, it's going to be. And, and, and again, people right now are saying, well, you're, you're fear-mongering because it hasn't happened. I said, well, then go to Virginia and see what the Virginia values Act has done because it's exactly the same thing as the Equality Act mm-hmm. will be federally mm-hmm. on a state level. And basically what it's doing is it's saying if you disagree, if you disagree at all with the new way of looking at marriage or the new way of dealing with sexual orientation. Oh, well, so so again, if you're if you believe that marriage is an institution between a man and a woman for life, if that's what you believe in, the Bible teaches that. Mm-hmm. Well, in the old days, you could live and let live and agree to disagree. Right. Not anymore. Not anymore. You can't even you, say it. And, and not only can't you disagree, you will be punished for That's having right. that That's right. Heavily, you lose your job. Right. Well, you you spoke about Virginia. So um, right. there's that teacher in Virginia that was fired because they refused to have a uh, use a female student. Okay, a, fe- a female student preferred to be called he. Right. And this teacher refused to do that and, and lost their job. Well, it's and, and so it's one thing to talk about a student and a teacher and, and how they relate. It's a whole other thing to talk about the state mandating what you will say. Right. And that's really the issue that's even in, it's going, it goes another level. Right. And, and so again, the kind of censorship you're seeing in Virginia, it's not just that you'll lose your job. It's $100,000 a penalty per incident, and then mm-hmm. unlimited damages. Mm-hmm. Well, I know churches who don't have a hundred thousand dollars right. in their bank. That's right. So again, schools, preschools, churches, anybody who doesn't acquiesce to this new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Now think about this too. 
you know, sexual orientation, uh, we, you know, the gender identity stuff, okay, we can talk about how to talk that through and to care about people and to talk even if we have disagreements or dis, uh, different views on that. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole nother thing to say this one is legally right and anything else is illegal. That means if I believe in biological sex, right. XXXY, uh-huh. And then you have to learn how to relate to that because, but you're XXXY, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah. That's how you're created. Every That's cell right. in whether your you body. Whether you like it or not. Every cell mm-hmm. in your body is XXXY. I must acknowledge that you, you're really not that. Thank you. <laughs> you're really not that. <laughs> you're really not. But if, even if you have that perspective, and I think that writer, um, the, the gal that wrote the Harry Potter. Yes. She's basically saying XXXY, we got to start there because mm-hmm. that's something we all have to acquiesce to. It's science. And now they're burning her books. And they're burning her books. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan Peterson really came to the forefront because he's he's a psychologist, a clinical psychologist and professor. And when Canada started to mandating certain ways to speak right. and, and, and limiting what you could say, he refused to do it. Yeah, and he said he never had a problem... Uh, working it out with the students. Right. What he had a problem was is that the state was not telling him what he was going to say. Right. He said, or you're not, not going to do say. that. Yeah. You're not going to do that. Yeah. And here's the thing. You know, the DSM, right, which is a di- diagnostic manual that we use at, at, in therapy to di- diagnose uh, people, uh, it, that changes all the time politically. Exactly. So, you know, what you, we used to see as deviant, now it's acceptable. And now you better darn well acknowledge it. One of the things, too, with this Equality Act, and I, I believe you spoke about it in your... Uh, oh, vlog, video vlog. Yeah, yeah video log. That's, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> you talked about it, was that now, and actually we started talking about it last year with, with a value action committee that you attend out on the Hill, mm-hmm. um, talking about what's being, going on with adoption agents. And right oh. now, parents, some of them in some states, uh, if they have a child that they've adopted and the child has gender dysphoria, is not quite sure about their gender, right? How right. They are mandated to give the students, I mean, to give their children um, therapy that affirms them in their um, transitioning towards their opposite ge- a born gender. Right. In a time when a child is very confused and very often the, the data says they will eventually come through this and come around if, you know, just naturally. Now they're being given over to doctors who can start pumping them full of drugs. They can That's start right. pumping for, Hormones. And the, and the parents can't do anything They can't about do anything it. about it. They have to do this. Well, it, well yes. you know, that to me, it's child abuse. Because even well, as, a, as a, through my education, would know that a child, I mean, adults going through transitions get confused. Children who have been dislocated never belonged anywhere you know, they're going to have confusion. Right. And instead of helping them and strengthening them, we take them by the hand and we just say, yes, you're confused. Let us help you be more confused. Well, let's detach you from your family and attach <laughs> you to these doctors who don't really care ultimately about you. And let's see what happens. But this is part of the Equality Act. No, I know. And so, you know, so again, let's just keep it simple for our listeners too. you know, we're just saying we don't want the government to make these kinds of decisions for us. And the last thing we want is the government uh, to actually determine these things for us. Because I can tell you right now, I've worked with a lot of government people when it comes to relationships, when it comes to those kinds of things. They're the last people I want to ultimately make these kind of choices for us. And and one thing, from a Christian point of view, so if we push back on the government and say, it's not your job to do that, then our way of actually approaching folks is to talk about how our identity is not in our biology. Our identity is not ultimately in our behavior. Our identity is in the God who created and redeemed us. Mm-hmm. And he comes to all of us the same, mm-hmm. you know, with his law and his gospel, with a good news that, that we can't have on our own terms, no matter who we are. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to just say, I don't want the government 
government determining these dialogues because we've got a message that we really want to share. And right now the government's saying, uh, we may not let you share that message. Right. And we got to fight for that. And we have a lot of young folks, uh, even young Christians, that are believing that they are woke, right? They're following these woke because well, they feel they want an identity. Right. Right. And they don't understand civics and they don't ha- have a, a clear understanding of why it's we should be proud to be American. It's not because Americans, like my taxes says, it's not because Americans have better blood than any other country. No, it's, it's because our government gave us a, uh, the idea of self-government. Right. And on top of that, our government was formed because we believe two things. Your inherent dignity, because you were created by God, yes. and your depravity. And that's lovely. Yeah. And the second one, but the second one's the thing that makes us unique, mm-hmm. that they also believed human beings were depraved or sinful by right. nature, so they actually bound the government because they were afraid right. of tyranny. Right. And so self-government and then bind government so that it doesn't isn't tyrannical and then let you live free, virtuous, Christian-motivated lives. That's a great place to live. That is. Yeah. So, yeah. So we can have civil I think so. discussions. Civil yes. discussions. So what we're ha- having one now. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rare. <laughs> in our house. Yeah, it's a little more heated in our house than Well, this. we do have Dave, our sound guy here, so we can't really get, you know, <laughs> we would normally get. We can't get. go off the tracks No, right we have here. to be civil, dear. Yes. And do remember that your relationship with me is more important. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> But it is important to be able to have these conversations and to be able to have them on a deeper level, not just a superficial level. It's not just do you like ketchup or Tabasco. Some of these things are important, deep issues about what is love, what is family, what is sacrifice, what is moral, what is ethical. Um, But again, just remember why you're having those discussions, because you care about the people you're talking to. Right. Right. And then the next generations, too. That's the thing, because the the decisions that are going on today Mm -hmm. will impact us socially, familially culturally, and that will form the mindset of the young ones coming behind us. Hey, listen, young folks, uh, we've all been where you are, and the one thing we learned is that our parents were a lot smarter than we thought they were. Oh, our yes. grandparents were geniuses in a lot of ways, too. They, they lived through some really, really hard times, and yet they had some moral perspectives that really blessed a lot of us. Right. So again, just remember that, because every generation thinks they're the smartest generation that ever came that's along. That's true. That's very and true. And that's actually your first, uh, that's actually the, the your first weakness is that perspective. Right. You know, and that's actually something good to remember because, you know, I've had students say, well, you know, you all didn't have computers and you didn't have these things growing up. Well, yes, we did, but they didn't look like the ones of today. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, our parents were the ones who created that. Our grandparents created that, uh, no. you know, and so the the technological uh, benefits that our, the kids are having today were created by our generation. And I have to remember this, too, because... You know, as I age and as you age and as our parents age, I, I see my mother struggling with technology right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I can easily start to think, oh, she's just not as intelligent when mm-hmm. that's not correct. And we have no. to all remember our parents taught us to walk. Our parents taught us how to hold a fork and spoon. Well, now on top of that, you know? wisdom, technology is <laughs> access to wisdom, okay? Yeah. Uh, our, a lot of our parents ha- were, were why. I mean, a high school education just 30, 40, 50 years ago was equivalent. They knew it many times as much as a college-educated person because mm-hmm. they had read so many more things. That's right. They had listened to so many more things. So again, just uh, 
understand that when you get involved in these kind of discussions, you're you're trying to do it because you care about people. You got to be open to learning about what's going on, right. so you see the bigger perspective. Right. But like you asked me, you know, do we have a moral obligation? Of course, because truth matters. Jesus truth says the truth matter. sets you free. Of course, he said, if you abide in my word, mm-hmm. you will know the truth, and the, the truth, truth will, will set, set you free. free. And so, uh, with that in mind. Uh, enjoy your conversations, I guess. Yes, and not be afraid of them. Don't right? be. Yes, I've or, learned a lot. I've learned a lot of that from you. You, you're you're a person who can talk to people straight, and they don't feel like you're challenging them. Like mm-hmm. I sometimes come off as like I'm challenging mm-hmm. when I'm talking straight, and I don't mean to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned a lot from how you oh, say the you. same pointed things. Mm-hmm. But they go, oh, thank you. I didn't think of it that way, you know. And I'm that's a skill set because you listen a lot more first. So well, thank you. Keep I that think. In mind. Thank you. Well, I, th- I thought I'd, you know, get on your good side today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think telling yourself before you enter into discussion, this person is somebody that I respect, right? And they are intelligent, right? So not insulting them, yeah. even if I if we don't agree, right? I think it's it's okay to not agree. I mean, it's easier if we do, but it's okay if we don't. Yeah, I think, uh, didn't Dennis Prager say it this way? You know, we're going to have this conversation, and if we agree, great. If we learn something from each other, great. But if we eventually disagree, we'll at least know why. Yes, that's that's exactly right. I like that. Prager's good. I like him. And he has little, you know, short videos that everyone can (laughs) learn from. Well, you can come to Family uh, Vision Media, too, because we're going to have a lot of those short videos as well. That's right. Someday. Yes, we will. Soon. (laughs) soon. Well, this is great. I think we need to get out now and uh, start running our errands to receive our guests. Yeah. And uh, Can't wait. I think this is going to be helpful so I won't get nervous as I start hearing you guys around the cigar circle discussing politics. I'll be okay with that. As will I. <laughs> yeah. Remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you. Giving, giving you strength to face, face any fire. fire. Till Til next time, time little, little embers. <laughs> I'm Marie. I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media.